How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 132 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week, I'm getting back to the open garden interviews. Uh, as I said last year, when I'd done some of them all through the summer, they're, I suppose, a source of inspiration from pe- for people in their own gardens. And this garden, particularly, even though I haven't actually physically visited it myself yet, is a garden of the highest quality that people, I suppose, talk about and and look up to uh, all around Ireland, particularly. And it's the Garden of June Blake. It's in Tinode in Wicklow. So it's on the, sort of on the Wicklow stroke Kildare border, near to Kildare, not too far from Blessington. Um, garden, roughly three acres. And I suppose what it would be best known for is June's, I suppose, mastery of colour and uh, how she combines colours together. And that, you know, that's what the garden is noted for. So, June, it's a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, as I said, it's uh, it's one of the gardens that, that people will refer to a lot uh, in terms of colour. And, and colour is really your thing in your garden, isn't it? Yeah, because I suppose I'm interested in colour combinations and just it keeps you fresh. And uh, yeah, it's, it's for me, it's a big interest. You know, I, I would start it off with tulips in spring and try different color combinations and that's a great way to find out what works best so like it, it it's always and, and as i say i haven't been yet but will do over the next couple of weeks uh get to visit but it's always you know a high color experience isn't it yeah i think so um and it changes every year because i want to try something different uh, and, yeah. and see what plants work w- well together you know and yeah. Um, I would say having I grow maybe four or five hundred dahlias from seed, so they're every color under the rainbow, and that gives you a great yes. chance to um, label them in the autumn and then decide where you're going to put them. You know what I mean? So you have all sorts of colors, and um, they're they're tall and they're they flower for a long time, so that you can have great fun just placing different colors together. Yeah, and just on on growing them from seed. Yeah. When it, when you saw when you sown those, um, I sowed seed in about March April. Yeah. They're red. They've been pricked out, and they're in pots now in liners, or you know, small pots. And yeah. shortly they'll start making a little tuber, and by the end of the season they'll be flowering. And will you will you lift your tubers at all then? Oh, I will. I lift most yeah. of them because. There's so many of them planted that um, I, I imagine the slugs would have a field day, but apart yeah, that, yeah. with all the tulips, they'd be in the way and everything. So I prefer to label them and store yeah. them, uh, you know, store them. in. We just put them into a shed, you yeah. know. And and with lift with with uh, lifting them, you're still sown. You're still sown every year. So you you must have a massive collection of, of dahlias then. Yeah, the I sell some. And I have I, 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 some one of these days when I get time, I might count them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's something that people don't. Well, a lot of a lot of gardeners don't don't do is actually sow. And it's one of the easiest things. So sowing dahlias from seed. Absolutely. As, as you said, you, you can sow them in February, March, April and yeah. actually have a huge blast of color in that season. And then they're, go- they're going to be there forever so long as you're able to mine them. Yeah. 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 I- I was looking at a dahlia today that was sown from seed last year, and I had, you know, the date it was sown was on the on the pot. But um, I mean, it's a huge dahlia now, a yeah. big strong dahlia, and uh, I think it's a really nice coloured one. 
but they're 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 kind of fascinating. I only started with five dahlias um, a good few years ago. I think it was 2012, maybe. Yeah. And I got them from somebody in England who got them in Mexico. Right. And then he kept the dahlias for the summer until they set seed, and collected the seed and sent over five dahlias and five bags of seed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it all started. And so you've been you've been growing growing the collection since. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Um, yeah. Tell us about the garden. So obviously a three-acre garden. It's it'll be in the you know the West Wicklow. So it's yeah relatively cold. It's, it's, it's a cold garden. You know we're at about eight hundred feet. Okay. That is, but anyway, eight hundred feet, and it it is in a frost pocket as well because it rolls down the hill here. Uh, so it is a cold garden, but we're also quite sheltered from the southwesterlies. Okay. So plants don't get blown around too much, you yes, know, yeah. surrounded by mature trees. And the garden itself just sort of is designed around a little house called the steward's house, which was the farm manager's house way back years and years ago. Yeah. So we don't have any cars or, or uh, anything in, in the garden itself, you know. Yeah. So when you look at the garden, all you see is the house, the outbuildings and the garden. So it's, it's very... Um, we we designed it then to have the house as the focal point in the center, and and they're all kind of granite, you know, Wicklow granite type houses, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All everything is granite, but there's a, a little bit of red red brick and black brick. But it it's when you have a pretty little house like that to design around, it kind of makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And the garden itself, then. So obviously, we we said color is is massively. Uh, is a huge part of the garden, and that mm-hmm. rolls from spring with the with the tulips and whatnot into the yeah. into the summer, spring, summer, autumn with with all your perennials. Um, what other features within the three acres is there? Is, is there other things to look out for? Well, we have a meadow, and I'm actually standing looking at the meadow at the moment, and it's absolutely beautiful. Now, it's really an untouched meadow. Uh, there's lots of clover and incredible amount of flowers in it at the moment we've yeah. quite a few orchids and we've lots of yellow rattle of course and there's some plants that have sort of seeded up there from the garden a good few geraniums and um scabious um those sorts of things and it's it's um we don't do anything to it until about september when we mow it then and we mow it to within an inch of its life okay. i think that's a mistake people are making they're putting in nice meadows and then forgetting that they actually have to be mowed. Yeah. Uh, I had somebody in the other day, and they had a, the meadow for two years, and they were wondering why they had no flowers, mm-hmm. you know, and they hadn't cut it in two years. Right, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're obviously feeding the meadow and uh, losing all their flowers. And at the start of, of that meadow, did you did you just let it grow, or did you actually establish it as a meadow originally? No. I, 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 um, it was just sown with grass seeds. It, it, it is disturbed ground. It's not, some, some meadows can be just have this beautiful old grass, meadow grass in it. Yes. Uh, uh, that, that's wonderful. But this, this has a few grasses that I don't particularly like. And yeah. I, I keep an eye for thistles. I don't want thistles in it or ragworth yeah. or, um, ducks. So again, if people have meadows, you know, don't let any of those plants go to seed or you're going to have lots of docks and thistles, you know. Yeah. You want to keep it as sort of simple as possible. 
and so it has it just established itself and you, the, yeah. the, the yellow rattle you, did you add in that or was that naturally there oh yeah no I, I added in yellow yes rattle you added in the yellow rattle yeah oh yeah it's full of yellow rattle now brilliant and that must look good how how, how big is the meadow roughly uh, it's probably about an acre maybe yeah and then um, the garden itself then is is um am i right in saying it's on a on a slope site it's on a slope site the whole field was just a sloping field but um Everything is in a grid, so the, the, there's half a dozen different beds, uh, and they're all straight lines. Everything in the main part of the garden is very formal, okay. that it's on a straight line, but the planting is very informal, you know, so things spill out of walls. We also did something which, which again, um, I was really pleased about. I don't didn't particularly like the sloping garden because it just doesn't look well. And we built walls, dry stone walls. Okay. And the dry stone wall is, um, what do you call it, straight. Yeah. And behind that, you have the garden. So it gives you the impression that everything is level, but it's not level. And it, it's very nice to just look. I'm looking at it now. Um, it just has to be a very nice stone wall, you know. Yeah. And, uh- and it works, works well. The beds are also all raised beds. So they're they're uh, filled in with soil and they have stone walls around them. Okay. That means that they're well drained, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apart from apart from the the slug worry, potentially uh, the slug and I suppose a little bit of cold, you could potentially leave out your dahlias. Or have you ever tried it? <laughs> well, certainly this winter you could have. Yeah, yeah. It, it all depends on the type of winter you're going to get. Yeah. But I find it easier to to pot them up inside in about March, and in a tunnel and pot them into a good pot of good compost and then you have you're planting out uh, a grown daily you know out of trouble from from slugs and yeah. ready ready to go and, and, and burst out ready from there. To go. yeah yeah exactly. um we spoke about about combinations so yeah. and as i say combinations and, and color are what you're i suppose best known for so tell us about some of the best combinations that you have um colors plants how you're mixing yeah. them, and, and and I suppose even, even you know where you're mixing them, so to the front of a board or mid board or whatever. Yeah, well, I have one bed, a long bed, uh, which is the length of the garden, uh, divided in three. But it's it's going, it's a hot bed. It has always been a kind of a hot bed, which means you're just using very hot colours. Okay. And, uh, you're lo- using a lot of um, red dahlias, maybe some with dark leaves, orange dahlias. Um, no, no white or no pink. Um, um, some alstomerias, which are usually orange, and lilium lancifolium, which is another orange lily. But they all come at different times. But the overall effect is of great kind of heat. Yeah. Whereas the bed to the left of that, I decided to embrace yellow. Okay. And I think yellow is 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 kind of an unpopular color with a lot of people but i'm using it uh, in the spring uh, i use it with euphorbia polychroma and which is an acid green yellow euphorbia yeah. and yellow tulips now there are there were no other yellow tulips in the garden but now in the in in that bed there's achillea moonshine which is not a very tall achillea but it's a beautiful shade of yellow so it's a nice plate Kind of, you know, the, running through the garden, a yeah. flat, flat head, yeah. and then you have um, the uh, trolleyus globe flower, um, a lovely shade of yellow as well. And then I, I sort of 
mixing lots of the little allium serocephalin or whatever it's called and uh, spherocephalin, uh, which is the egg-shaped allium, and um, surrounded by geranium and thompson. And it's, it, the plants are low. I used to have a problem with that bed because you couldn't see up into the meadow. So I've brought the height down, and if anything grows over a certain height, uh, it gets its head chopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so so that's yellows the whole way through the bed, and then Anton's. Yellow, yellows and, and sort of purpley blue, and um, Amsonia, which is a lovely shade of blue. Not so much blue, but different shades of yellow. Um, there's some Petrinia, which a lot of people don't know, Petrinia, Velosa, and Scabosifolia. And there's another one I'm using this year, Monandra. And they're, they're just a lovely umbrella for later on in the season. Um, and if I need to, then I can add in some, um, some annuals, which I'd always have waiting in the wings to fill in gaps. Yeah. And your annuals, what are you talking? Cosmos? So. That... Well, I don't. I stopped growing the normal cosmos because I grew it for the last few years, and maybe it's because the soil is so good, uh, it grows like a tree. Yeah. And some mightn't flower that well, and it smothers other plants. Yes. So I'm. I didn't do any this year, but there is one cosmos I grow, and that's cosmos tango, which is completely different. It's a bright orange, small flower, tall plant. Okay. And uh, it is very successful. Flowers for an incredible long time. I also agitate cinnabar. I use that as well. Again, I go for tall annuals, not small annuals. So I mine them well. I, I I would sow the seed of the um the allium or the um cosmos or whatever, and then prick them out, and then prick them out into a two-liter pot, and leave them waiting in the wings until they're actually in flower. So okay. I spoil them, and then they're they're big plants. And they don't get smothered by the other plants, you know. You're potting out then end of June type of time. Well, even July, well into yeah, June. Yeah, even oh, that late. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not yeah. putting them out until they're needed and yeah. they're actually in flower, you know. Um, the other beds are, are down further in the garden. They're more lots of bronicastrums, which is the spiky, different types. Yeah. I don't grow f- fascination in, in the main beds because it gets too tall. So there's a lot of new veronicastrums like Apollo and Diane and all a whole series of, of uh, veronicastrums in blues, purples, pink and white. And they give that lovely kind of candle effect, you know, that like spire. Yeah. And then you have the flatter heads of um, the various various other plants. You know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of very important to have that spire look. When the sun is setting, or when the you know when the sun is going through the plants, you have that lovely uh, feeling of them catching light, and yeah. um, ah, it's just a, just a very nice combination. Uh, what else do I use in that bed? I use a lot of telictrum, telictrum splendid, and uh, which is a beautiful uh, purple one. Earlier on, I have telictrum aquilegifolium, um, and I left a little bit of self seeding go on. You know, there's there's um, some of the Valerian officinalis now. It's a bit of a a bit of a thug, but it's very nice at the moment. Yeah, the it, is, it is nice. Even like it, it, you see it even even in the in the wild as such. It it looks really well at the minute. Yeah, it does. It? I always love it. Yeah. And then right through that bed near the house, I have Calmagrosses overdam. Like I might have thirty or forty plants, separate, you know, spread out through the bed, and they're all sort of. 
they've got a pink edge to them and they're very compact. Don't get too tall and flower earlier than a lot of miscanthus. Uh, a lot of miscanthus don't flower well here because we're just too cold. Right. And, you know, I have lichenus, actia, um, and purple monarda. Not, not that, nothing, you know, pink or purple monarda. And they work on lots of thistles. I have Eryngium Big Blue and Eryngium Schlieffdenard, which is the soft thistle. And the Eryngiums are sort of really blue, blue, blue. And they're a lovely contrast with the pinks of and the Veronicastrums, you know, that, that sort of foliage. Are you growing the Eryngiums from seed? Sometimes I have I have a few from seed, but a lot of them are just big blue, and uh, which is I found are very reliable. Yeah, uh, I must you know. I must ask you a question in relation to that. So I bought I bought some uh, I forget the variety now, Eryngium seed about I have it two years now, but it, it has to go into the fridge after being sown for a little while. Am I right in saying that? I don't do it. You don't I do grow, it. I grow a big, a, a fantastic origin called Guatemalense. Yeah. And I have no trouble. I sow it fresh. Okay. I sow it fresh and I don't even put it outside. It stays in the tunnel and I have masses of germination. The problem then is to keep them going. And um, when do you sow that then? In the autumn. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I, I got it and on the packet there was, you know, the instructions where you sow it into a seed tray and then you put yeah. it into the fridge for a cold period, and then germination can be quite slow, I think. And so, to be honest, I've looked at the packet three or four times and said, yeah, I'll do it next year, but I still haven't haven't uh, actually sold them. No, they, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I used to do a lot of that sort of in out of the fridge, but really most of the plants now, I mean, I grow the blue poppies, and they're yeah. meant to be kind of difficult. And they come up, I, I saw them in the tunnels this year, you know, I was getting guilty looking at the seeds. So I just <laughs> threw them into a pot and they came up like cress. But again, the problem is when you prick them out, yeah, uh, they have a thread-like root. Yeah. So I've just pricked them out into bunches rather okay. than separating them. And I, I will do that again with the oranges because I lost a lot of them. Um, they're just the, the root is just delicate, you know, okay. and hard to, um, just very, very difficult to mind. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a go at it now later in the year. So, yeah. um, you've mentioned a hell of a lot of your perennials type. Are you growing? Are you growing much? Uh, say grasses or flowering shrubs or structural plants. The, the garden is kind of surrounded by dogwoods, cornus cusa. So there's yeah. a couple of ones in the garden, and then they're out in the uh, field as well. Uh, a lot of acers, smaller acers, not too tall. And a few other tenderish plants that I take in and take out. Most of my plants are perennials, you know. Yeah. And I don't mind when the garden goes to sleep in November. Um, you know, we open in April. So it kind of looks right that you shouldn't rest the garden for the yeah. winter. I don't try to have things in all winter, and you know. Um, and I let a lot of things self-seed. If they're not right, we take them out. But like Linaria which it can be a bit of a thug, but it's a really uh, lovely cut flowers, pink or purple, you know, coming white pink as well. But uh, that freedom in the garden too, if something puts itself somewhere, it, it might work. You know, it's... It, yeah, it's so give it a chance and if it, if it looks, if it suits, leave it. If it doesn't, move it out. Oh yeah, I'm just after cutting down huge geranium pretense in full flower um, and digging them up. 
because they were in the wrong place and they had seeded. So I'm very ruthless if the plant is <laughs> in the wrong place. And that's only a bunch of flowers. That's the only uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only you thing. Know. But and will will you will you pot those on then or? Or are yeah, you yeah. rootless, I'm rootless, not. and get rid of them? No, I am, I'm, I'm too mean for that. I'll probably pot them on, and uh, we might throw them out into the meadow and see how they come on. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't want too many. I have some very good geraniums. I don't have to have every geranium in the world. You know that kind of way. Yeah. I have um, Anne Thompson, which is a lovely cerise geranium. I have Roseanne, and I have another unnamed variety, pink one, which is kind of rare. And is a little beauty, and I have geranium um, podgram. It's it's a grey leafed, evergreen, velvet leafed flower. It's, it's beautiful geranium. And I have what you say that was called? Podgram. P u l c h r u m. Big plant, silver leaves with sort of velvet. They feel like velvet, and sort of a large pink flower. Sounds now nice. Would, I, I don't know it, but it sounds lovely. You grow it more for its its foliage, nearly. And I have a lovely new geranium protense, which has very dark foliage and white flowers. I'm very happy with that. Um, it's it's, uh, it's just a stunning color combination. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And how do you? Well, and Thompson anyway is it's brilliant for you. Probably have that grown over the walls, have you? Which plant? The Anne Thompson. Have you got that growing over the yes, walls? Hanging because, up? because I have raised beds everywhere, there's at least sort of foot or two foot of a drop. So they Anne Thompson-like will flower here from, it's in full flower at the moment. Roseanne is barely coming out and Anne Thompson will still be flowering here in October. Yeah. Uh, if, you ha- if you have value. walls or, or anything like that, like it is brilliant for hanging over walls. It's a little bit... Oh. It's a little bit floppy in a in an ordinary perennial, you know, flat perennial bed, isn't it? Yeah, I only have it on the edge. Yeah, yeah. I I find Roseanne more floppy now. If the wind, because it's a bigger plant, if the wind comes the wrong way, it can um, uh, disturb things yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so for for people putting colors together, so you you've kind of done yeah. it in blocks. So you have your hot. Your hot, your hot bed, as you call it, with with reds, oranges, that sort of color, and then you yeah. have your yellow bed. Um, what color combinations are you seeing where you have mixed colors within a bed that are working really well at the minute? And is there any particular color that people normally say, "Jenny, don't put those together," but you've sort of done it to great effect? I've used a cerise pink flux, okay, which is a really strong color now, and in the hot beds, so you have this punch of pink. Now, I mean really pink. Yeah. Um, but this year I decided just for the, just because I, I am the way I am, I decided to take it out and use it elsewhere in the garden just to see can I get a different impact. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have yellow irises, Dutch irises, and they're in the wrong place. So what we'll do is just tie a bit of thread around the irises to be dug up and move them to the yellow bed. I, I find that... Um, what colours what colours work? Well, the only colour that doesn't really work with other plants as far as I'm concerned is yellow. Strong yellow. Yeah. You know? That yellow uh, really strong yellow. Like I have a combination here of uh Corydalis, um I think it's crepe blue, and a lovely hosta, fresh leaved, variegated but greeny yellowy hosta 
with blue poppies. Now I know I'm lucky I can grow blue poppies, and but that combination is is is, is pretty good. And then out in the front, I have faces northeast, and I have a bed that I do almost no work on, and again no yellow in that bed. Um, it's all regertias, which are pink and reddish and, you know, that sort of color. Mm-hmm. And um, lots of um, um, ferns, but good ferns, Osmundo. And uh, what else have I got in it? Um, oh, the Polygonatum verticilliatum. It's a sort of a narrow-leafed Solomon seal. Uh, which is a good foliage plant and a good foil to the big leaves of the regertius, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I use only one type of Astrantia there, which is Astrantia Roma. And what colour is Roma? Roma is, is sort of a very deep pink and uh, very, very deep pink with a big plant, tall, with lovely flowers, and they go really well with the regertius. Um, and then if a couple of things self-seed in there, as long as they're not yellow, that's fine. It's it's. Um, I have a lot of Veronicastrum fascination, which is a really tall Veronicastrum. So that's fine. That's in the back, and that bed kind of maintains itself for the the whole summer. Then you know, um, it's absolutely no trouble at all. Um, we have some pulmonaries along the front for the spring, and some hellebores, which you would imagine would die off because they're crowded out with other plants, but. Don't seem to. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's that bed. Like, there's, there's nothing else in it. And season to season, then. So you're you're looking at color. Are you, you know, photographing an area and then saying next year I'm going to switch that to, you know, to a different color scheme. Yes. And everything comes out, and then you you replace with whatever color scheme you're after. Every now and then, in, with herbaceous plants, they need to all come out. Yeah. And we would pick one area every year that would just start again. And I'm standing looking at one area now with the uh, grasses, the Camagrostis. It, it was gone tired and there was a lot of plants that I didn't particularly like in it. And um, it's lovely to have a second go at it, you know what I mean? Because you won't make the same mistake the second time around, you know? Yeah. So you're always interested to see what, what actually works. Um, color wise and then there's another area which is a, a high wall and all the plants not all but most are presented and the color it's not that important the the, the 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 main thing that's important is the scent so you're walking along and there's lovely dianthus uh, superbus and a few primula albicola um, and they're they're beautifully scented you know so that's that's um and then there's other plants that have fallen out of favour with me because they, they're just too good. Like uh, Persicarias, they flower forever, but they get enormous and they take over. And Nauseas, all the Nauseas, um, I just chop them down by half. But a lot of them I take out because they flower for so long and they kind of smother a lot of other plants. I suppose yeah. other plants are the biggest uh, culprit for, for killing their comrades beside them, you know. Yeah, and so the yeah. persicarias because they're brilliant. Like if you're if you're looking to cover cover and down they ground, they're they're brilliant and brilliant. good flower, long long flowering, easy to grow, uh, sp- spread and all the rest of it. But I suppose that 
So that's what you mean by they're too good. They're yeah, exactly. They they take over, take a lot of space and yeah. become a blob of color. But I do use one persicaria, fat domino, and okay. sort of a very thick red one, and it's super. Fat domino is absolutely special. It's it's it's. I wouldn't be without it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a great plant. Is there any because it's interesting listening to you the way you're and you're obviously walking around there and you're spotting things right. and. and I can almost hear you thinking. I'm, all, uh, I'm also weeding, by the way. <laughs> um, but I can hear you thinking about, uh, you know, what you're going to be doing. You're 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 looking at it and, and thinking as you're walking around there. But yeah. you know, you know the way you get kind of trends, and this is going to lead us on to what yeah. the other thing that we we said we'd speak about was the underutilized plants. But you know, when you get a trend and at a particular point in time or a particular year or maybe a couple of years in a row, there's a plant for example the last few years it's been hydrangea annabelle everywhere yeah. um is there any is there any of those type plants that just annoy you or you, you don't well, you don't get or understand because it flops around i mean i find with a lot of the hydrangeas they're a bit big for yeah. my in the garden so they have to be very special i've actually moved some of them out to the field but you know stipe gigantia as a plant that's been around for a long long time it is a plant I'd never get tired of. Uh, and I suppose, well, let's see if I can think of, um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of geraniums that I'm sort of bored with now. Um, I'm just trying to think now what else. Irises need to be lifted very often because they, um, you know, they're finished now and they start looking tatty. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's that, I suppose the most important thing is just editing all the time. That's why I always say to people, uh, if something is not looking great, uh, edit, take it yeah. out. Or yeah, that's, it out, that's interesting know? because uh, as as you're talking there, uh, some of the of the the sort of movements that you're making in the garden sound like uh, when I was talking to TJ from Patana last year or the year yeah. before, whenever it was, and he referred to it as editing rather than planting or moving and it was interesting that you, you you've used that word as well so you you basically have effectively a canvas which is the garden and you're you're making little edits all the time to to change it change up areas is the edit. like if there's a big plant which is hiding everything behind it and you're just seeing that big plant then it's time it was cut down even if it's in flower i i would use some of the i would use the chelsea cut on some of them and and it, would, it wouldn't be around Chelsea necessarily <laughs> any time, yeah. you know. So it's just that important that um, it's important that, that it all looks kind of seamless and no yeah. trouble. And there's nothing sticking out that's um, uh, annoying and irritating. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's editing. It's drawing with your hands in a way in a garden. Yeah, I guess. Um, in terms of spring colour, so you, you, you've mentioned tulips. Are you using any other, any other spring flowering bulbs much or is it, is it predominantly tulips? Well, it's predominantly, I suppose, tulips. But then I use a lot of the species tulips up in the meadow and uh, smaller little species tulips on the edges of the garden. And I, I find with crocus and that sort of thing, um, we have a lot of squirrels and uh, we've planted a lot of crocuses and I know the spring flowering bulbs that uh, 
uh, just get eaten. So know? the squirrels would eat I them. I concentrate. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And but, is it? Uh, I concentrate on snowdrops and hellebores and things like that. Do you know right. what I mean? And uh, we, you know, a nice little collection of snowdrops now and. Uh, and too many hellebores, probably, you know, because they're, they flower so well and they flower for so long as well. But um, they, they'd be the main colour here early. Yeah, in, in, in April time when you open, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And they'd even grown over a bit by then, you know, they'd, they'd actually be yeah. over. Um, so. In terms of when we, when we were speaking, you know, prior to the episode, we were saying there's sort of some plants that are underutilized. And I know you've kind of touched on them a little bit there, maybe with the geraniums and so on. Uh, any other kind of plants yeah. that spring to mind that are underutilized or or maybe don't get the attention they deserve? Well, I suppose, like, I suppose a lot of people have trouble with lupins. And lupins are kind of associated with cottage yeah. gardens. But it's very hard to... Uh, find another plant that has as much impact in the month of yeah. June than the loop, you know. Now, I don't have a huge problem with them, with slugs or, or things. The thing is to find the right colour because too many lupins are kind of ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? A lot of them are peculiar colour mixtures. Um, and I love, I love Masterpiece. It can be a bit fussy, but it's a beautiful dark purple and... Um, there's a lovely uh, Persian slipper, if anyone heard it. That comes back very well. You know, you need a lupin to come yeah. back. And Persian slipper is a very, very good door. It can flower here for months. But a lot of people are put off by um, by that. And, you know, there's some little um, uh, the phloxes, you know, that really old-fashioned phlox. I, I don't even know the names of most of my phlox, you know. But at the same time, they're terrific. Um, you can get serious colour off them, can't you? Oh yes, great some great colour, and and the asters are a little bit late. If I can find an early flowering aster for me, it's very good. Aconitums, I know you have to be careful of the aconitums, but again, they're great. They're no trouble. They'll stand up and they'll do their thing. Um, you know, um, what else now? Old fashioned. I'm not long garden, so maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, uh, how long is the garden going as a matter of interest I think it was about 2004 or 5 you know Yeah. and uh, kind of more started as a nursery and um, it's developed into whatever it is now yeah. you know and, so. and over like from the time it became an open garden because I know and, and speaking to people everyone says that it looks different kind of any time you go to it, it looks different. Even let that be in the same in the same year, you get a, a totally different look of the garden. Oh, absolutely! Especially actually this time of the year, and I'm, I'm kind of, I suppose it sounds a bit weird, but I, I keep telling people that this bed is actually going to be completely different in a few weeks' time. It's going to be a yellow bed, right? And this other bed, a red bed, even though there's purple alliums there now. But there's certain plants that you have to put in if you want. We would have most of our visitors come in uh, may and june okay you know and really i'd love people to come in july and august you know that's you know that's when it's that's, at, at its prime well not at its prime but it's yeah. it it's a, you know what it is actually because it's, it's it's actually doing what i wanted to do then yeah you know yeah and earlier on all right i'm using lots of genes uh, because they flower early and um, but 
I'll forget about them pretty soon, you know, and, and um, some umbilifers, you know, yeah. and then you have baskets seed all over the place. Um, and they're an old-fashioned plant again, and people, you know, people don't realize how easy verbascum is, the, the, the taller ones, and they do self-seed a bit, but they're such good value. Yeah, you know? what, I mean, what colors are you growing in, in verbascums, flower-wise? Well, a lot of the verbascums are um, yellow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we have a huge verbascum, which has seeded in the in a granite wall. It is coming back perfectly this year. It has never been watered. And it stands dead straight and is about four foot high in a granite wall. It's quite quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, you know. The wild one is a brilliant plant for Yeah, yeah. And that, and the wild one yeah, makes its way in here too, so yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't have a big problem with that. Um yeah. but you know. Um in terms of like what you're doing there and the editing as you call it. How mm-hmm. how big of a team or is it? Have you many people working for you? Have you volunteers or how do you no, manage? I have one volunteer now from Germany and she's staying here for a few weeks. But other than that, I have a girl called Angela from Poland and she is fantastic. And uh, it's mainly Angela and myself most of the time. Yeah. And some sometimes I have Angela's partner Damien and that time. But um, if we uh, you know, we we kind of do it all, mow the grass as well. We don't clip hedges, but other than that, we sort of do a bit of everything. Yeah. So, so you're you're, you you're, you're kind of tipping away the whole time rather than... Yeah. yeah. I don't really like having um a, just just me the way I am. I'm a bit of a, a, a nerd. Um, a whole lot of volunteers in because the gardens are actually very crowded. Yeah. And... I, I'm sort of a bit worried when I let people into the middle of a bed. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be walking on something, yeah. Um, yeah, which is not really fair, but I'm always watching out for, for something coming up. And so probably, um, and it's, you know, we run it completely organic, organically and we don't just spray the paths or use chemicals. We don't use pellets. We don't use anything. The paths are a bit messy at the moment. And I'm sure there's weeds in the middle of the beds. Uh, you know, but... Yeah. Um, it's slightly untidy, but at the same time, uh, you can understand the gist of what's supposed to be doing. Yeah, you know? I suppose it, it's it's untidy if you're really studying it. But I think probably overall, the natural the natural look that you're going for exactly dilutes anything that might look actually messy exactly. in in a, in a formal place. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. just it. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Have I know like you 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 run classes and tours and all the rest of it. So p- tell people about. Um, you know where where they can find you online, and you know anything that you might have coming up that you you'd like to tell people about. Well, we've just finished a, a class with, with a, a local hotel, which turned out to be fantastic. Now most of them had heard it on um, that um, nationwide program, and it was on Monday. But it was about like thirty or forty people, thirty five I think, at the class, and they were you know from all over Ireland, country people and. And we, we had a, well, it was a beautiful day as well. Yeah. But, um, so I, I, I like doing a half day class, a full day is tiring. Um, we just had a tour, that's why you were, um, uh, I put you on hold for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, tour from England, and we could, we had a tour from Sweden, America, even have tours from Australia this year. Brilliant. But very few tours from Irish Garden Club, which surprised me. Um, I know, like, there's still a bit of COVID and that, but they're coming from everywhere in Europe. Yeah. Uh, 
and um, unfortunately uh, the British can't buy plants. Yeah, they can't bring them back. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a big yeah. change for people. Um, going in bo- going in both directions. Yeah, going in both directions. Yeah, uh, I I think a lot of the plants make their way over here anyway. Yeah, they seem to be so far, but uh, you hope that somebody doesn't get uh, a right slap on the knuckles for it at some point. Oh, I'm sure that will happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I online, I know, obviously your website. and Yes, info at juneblake.ie. Brilliant. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. And my granddaughter, Ruby. Oh, um, yeah, she's become a bit of a star on your on your Instagram page. She's... Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a star. She's nine years age, of age, and she um she kind of got involved in the garden during lockdown when she was supposed to be um doing homeschooling. You know, yeah. so she used to come down with me, sit on the bench, yap yap yap, and all day. Yeah. And she started to learn how to sow seeds and has an opinion on everything. So she's she's great. Yeah. She looks. She's a photograph collection, and thanks to Robert Altman and Jimmy. But you know what I mean. It's lovely. And she's kids. very comfortable in front of the camera, and uh, yeah, she's. she's yes, isn't she? Very good. Yeah. She, right. She's. You know, she's actually a shy enough kid. Um, she had her class, her school class here during the yeah. there a few weeks ago. It was so nice to have a bunch of nine-year-old boys and girls, and they were absolutely fascinated. Like I had no problem with them. Yeah. We were so enthusiastic. Enthusiasm and energy, I guess. Yeah, they were fascinated. Brilliant. Picking out seeds and stuff like that is great for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I know teachers mightn't agree with me, but I think Ruby would be better off in the garden during those uh, oh, during those no lockdowns doubt. than she would in front of a, a Zoom yeah. a Zoom class. Exactly. And the one the great thing about something like that happening is it has given her huge confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, brilliant. Uh, so Ru- Ruby's there to help as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So all information on your website and you'll find your social channels and all that there as well. Uh, June, it's been really interesting. Um, I did plan to get up last year and didn't. So 100% I'm going to get to visit this year. Looking forward to it. Um, it's been a brilliant chat. Really, really interesting. Like the, liked what you talked about and in combinations and so on. And thank you very, very much for coming on Master My Garden podcast. All right. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. So that's been this week's episode. A huge thanks to June for coming on. Uh, really, really interesting chat on the garden that I, I can't wait to get to go visit. And if you can at all get to go get to go visit yourselves, it's uh, yeah, it's it's one that's really worth checking out. And uh, yeah, that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.